Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be one of your hosts tonight. Of course, I am joined. Finally, Liz and I have been reunited on our podcast here. Uh, on a good night, too. The Jets win 4-1 uh, to one, uh, against the red-hot uh, Detroit Red Wings, even though they lost to the Kraken the other day. But other than that, they had a good start to the season. Anyways, Liz. I haven't spoken to you in forever uh, on camera. That is um, <laughs> how, how you doing and, and how you how you feeling after that one? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, full disclosure and transparency to the viewers. Like you're just going to be witnessing like two besties catching up here. Like we we got a whole <laughs> lot to talk about about this game specifically. Um, for those of you who were here last week or last game, I guess on Tuesday. Thank you for being there. It was a solo show. These are way easier because I get to hear Brady's thoughts, get to call him dumb when he says dumb things. Like it's a good time where I'm so I'm feeling good, mostly Brady, because I'm here with you. But also I'm feeling good because the Winnipeg Jets won this hockey game against the Detroit Red Wings, kept Alex Dobrynkit, the talk of the league, off the scoreboard. I feel good about this game. There are things to not like, of course. The Winnipeg Jets, the notorious second-period sleepers, were present tonight. But all in all, a win is a win. The third, a period, win the third win. period was tough, too, for the first 10 minutes. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm Hey, I'm happy. Like I, that Tonight was, was a game where I felt like it, it, it's very rare you get to watch a Jets team play and you get to go. They were the team that made the least amount of mistakes tonight. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if that's just my takeaway, but like, it just seemed like, you know, there were a couple little things, obviously on the one goal that, uh, that, that the, the Red Wings did score Morrissey kind of, kind of was caught in no man's land there, yeah. but, but Hey, the, again, we no need to focus on just the bad stuff. Uh, there was a plenty and plenty of good stuff. Uh, Liz, I know that you wanted to point out a couple, a uh, couple guys that were your dudes of uh, of the game. Dudes of the week. I <laughs> dudes of the about week. Dudes of the week. We used to do dudes of the week. What a good time! Yeah, no, for sure. And I think um, one thing that Jets fans can do is talk about the defense forever. And honestly, like I really want to talk about the forwards today because there's a lot kind of going on across the board. So let's let's start from the top down and go from there. Um, I have done a full. 360 on Mark Shifley. I was the world's biggest Mark Shifley fan when he first came back to Winnipeg. It was kind of like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people were Mark Shifley fans because he was the first draft pick and he was so good and all these kinds of things. And so it was just, that was my guy. And then he just became like public enemy number one for a couple of years. Like, I don't know, like just when the Winnipeg Jets were in their like weird, insane era, he was like kind of the leader of that. Like he was just, he was kind of unlikable and he was just so disengaged defensively that made people frustrated with him all those kinds of things but we are all the way back like I am all the way back like watching him work along the boards watching him make like nifty shifty passes and just be in the right spots in the offensive oh. zone oh my god it's so fun oh it's the, so fun the pat the the back door like going behind the net pass it back out front oh I, I, I know, like, I, at first I was like, how did Kyle Connor not score that? But then after you see the pass is kind of like, oh, pretty in tight to his body. Yeah. So but it's just like even putting the puck there, it's like, ooh, that is that is my so one good. of my favorite, favorite moves of all time. It's just it's just so funny to watch the goalie just go flying the opposite way to try and guard the uh, the uh, the wraparound. And wow, just oh, 
it, it things yeah. worked out tonight. You know, I'm I'm just happy. Yeah. I, I can't complain. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's all good. But so him on that first line specifically, um, you know, really been a fan of him lately. Cal Connor, I'm not gonna rip into him too much because we've had some issues with him in the last couple of games, and I've said my piece. It is what it is. Um, but Alex Iafalo, also also a big fan. Um, talk about him a little bit. Oh yeah, I I have really really liked his addition to the top uh to that top line. I mean, obviously we saw kind of what he could do on the third line in the banging crashing. Uh cuz he does he he I I I've said this, I said this on the shows that I was on. I've heard other people saying this too. To me, he is just a a more premium version of Vladimir Masnikov. He's a guy you can put in any situation and he'll he'll mix well with anyone, you know, a little shades of Matthew Perot. Um but I don't know. There's just something that he brings to that top line. Obviously, a defensive conscious. Like I said, I I, I don't want to to gripe on on Shifley because he's he's actually been really a lot better this this season uh, with his defensive effort. Just even getting his stick in in lanes, uh, coming back. He's you know not not you know standing up as much. Uh, he's actually skating back into helping defensively, but. Not only, but I think I think I follow definitely helps with that. Um, and one thing that I think that is is really needed on a line with both Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, two guys who like to do, uh, you know, as like Sean Reynolds likes to say, the the snake charmer offense. Um, Alex Iafalo does not do that. When he gets the puck, he is going to the net and he is shooting the puck, or he is panning it off to someone immediately and getting himself to net. Like there's something that is really really valuable on that line to be able to provide a bit of a uh, uh, you know a threat in both ways where you know if if you're if you're leaving guys alone they're going to make those nice passes to each other they're going to find the uh the most high quality shots but if you're you know if you're not defending if you're defending for that then you know the the the, the direct lines uh towards the net are going to be open and i find that alex i follow is constantly a guy who's on that he didn't score tonight of course but uh i thought he had a great game as well i i really really like what they've that what he's brought to that top line and like at this point now if if you were going to ask me to change the top line like i wouldn't i wouldn't say i follow needs to come off of that line I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on anyone, um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but no, like, like it it was great. And, uh, you know, top to bottom, I'm glad you wanted to talk about the forwards because like, like this was a game where I, I, the Winnipeg Jets, especially this season, in my opinion, are going to live and die by the mistakes that they make. Um, You know, in, in seasons past, they obviously made a lot of mistakes, but they were able to sometimes score their way out of it. I think they've lost a little bit of their scoring touch this year and in, in, in regards to you know losing out on say what you will about Blake Wheeler say what you will about Pierre Dubois they put up points um oh, I'll say what I want about Pierre Luc Dubois <laughs> <laughs> but well hey I mean dude you do you um <laughs> but uh but yeah like it's it's just it's nice to see that the Jets have been making a bit of more of an effort to play defensively um because I think that that's kind of how they won tonight. Uh, obviously, Kyle Connor, or not Kyle Connor, uh, other Connor, other Connor from Michigan. Uh, Connor Hellebuck stood on his head, especially uh, in that third period on that one power play. Uh, absolutely saved the Jets' bacon. But hey, uh, it, it's a team game, and goalie's part of the team, so yep. uh, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm just glad to see the Jets didn't uh, make as many mistakes as uh, as previously. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and I think. Uh, 
you you made a really good point when talking about Alex I felt like crashing that net like I think it's a nice addition to that line to have someone who who gets up front there when you have such great shooters on that line um to to sort of tuck in some rebounds or at least cause some chaos so it, it's definitely been been going well and and we have some people in the chat saying they're excited for Velarde to come back and that they're really liking I follow and all these different kinds of things and you said yourself you don't know if he's the one that you take off if you tweak any of those lines um what's interesting to me is that this first line is the first line and then after that we kind of throw structure to the wind here so you mentioned before we started streaming here that Nikolai Ehlers had 13 minutes of ice time and we know that this third line that they have some people are singing Nino Niederreiter's praises in the chat we have some kind words about Gus like they just have some good players on their forwards right now but let's talk about what is on paper their second line. Let's talk about those players a little bit, and then we can dive into the deployment and all those kinds of things. But um, Nick Eilers, guy on the wall, back on the board <laughs> tonight, first first goal of the season, and it was a beautiful one. Um, I could never make that shot in my life. Obviously, it was a beautiful shot or pass from Perfetti, but just like the spin absolute snipe. I was like, this is hilarious. This is the best way for Nikolai Ehlers to get back on the score sheet. Great goal. Uh, what'd you think of him tonight? Oh, Ehlers, man. Like I think, I think Ehlers had a, a slow start to the season, uh, just naturally due to, you know, shaking the rust off, not really getting the chance to play in preseason due to the, the whole neck spasm issue he, he was going through. But man, tonight he was flying and maybe that's what you do when you only get 13 minutes of ice time. I'm not here to harp on the ice time again. It's a win tonight. I'm not I'm not I'm trying not to be super critical of everything because, hey, the, the, the product that went on the ice went out and played well. And I thought they were as good as the Red Wings. I wouldn't say they were necessarily better, but they came out on top. The bounces went their way. Their goalie was better despite uh, facing, you know, the Jets kryptonite and James Reimer. Uh, if you remember last season, the way he absolutely killed the Jets. Um, but yeah, it, like. As far as Nikolai Ehlers' game goes, like he looked so explosive tonight, and and even like even past the like the offensive side of things, you know, he had a, a decent amount of shots on net tonight. But um, even just like, like he he was really in the game. I, I know it's really a really weird thing to say that, but um, when it came to like the extra stuff, like there was a lot of times where I noticed where he was getting in on even just like finishing hits. There was one shift. It was right before Morrissey took a, uh, the high sticking on, uh, on Lucas Raymond. Um, there was a huge battle between Raymond and Ehlers where they were going back and forth at it all the entire time. Like Ehlers looks, first of all, the rust has been knocked off. He's got his legs under him. Second of all, his shot looks great. Third of all, he's he's engaged. He's going, you know, he's doing he's he's in the he's in the the rough areas as, you know, something that that a lot of things a lot of people would criticize him maybe for Um, being a smaller guy. You know, he's he's in there fighting uh, for the puck. And on top of that, his line is popping off. And I'm glad you brought up the Cole Perfetti uh, pass to him on the goal because that pass is the amount of poise every single time that Cole Perfetti gets an assist, I'm just astounded by it because it's not just a regular pass all the time. Like what I found so uh, what I wanted to praise about that pass specifically was that Cole Perfetti for that entire for a good chunk of that shift was covering for one of the D men. I think it was Dylan Sandberg was in the corner uh, and ends up actually passing it up to him right before he passes it to Ehlers. Um, 
like that's a really difficult spot uh, for a forward. Again, you know, obviously they're they're professional athletes. They play this game uh, professionally. But whenever you play, in a, you're in a spot that you're not in normally. Having the pressure of trying to hold the blue line, you have a guy coming at you, having the poise to not immediately throw it back into the corner to where Sandberg is to potentially pass it across and get it intercepted by you know, uh, one of the Red Wings who are fast as hell and can just go up the ice and score on you. But to hold, have your poise to hold it, hold it until Nikolai Ehlers finally breaks free from his man. And then again, like I said, finishing off the goal, like it, it was phenomenal. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to comment on for that second line? I know you were singing, uh, <laughs> singing Vlad Nemestikov's praises to me uh, before the game or yeah. before the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. And with Perfetti, before we move on from him, like, I'm so mm-hmm. serious at this point. Obviously, I watch more Jets games than any other team in the league. But if you are a true hockey fan, like student of the game, just enjoys watching good quality hockey, there will be a point where Cole Perfetti will be one of your top 10 favorite players to watch. I'm so like, he is just unbelievably cool. Like, I, <laughs> anytime he's on the ice, my eyes just like immediately go to him because I'm like, he's going to do something so so unbelievably intelligent like he's just so cool and collected and just like you said yeah like in that up top you know holding that puck properly that's a really scary place to hold the puck because one little stick check and someone flying away when you're on your back like that like they're gone um yeah like that goal and just everything he does always like he's just he's so good and it's nice to see when it pays off and and you know an up to speed Nikolai Ehlers um will help capitalize on those chances more often um so I'm really excited to see them uh develop a bit, bit more uh the secret third guy in that line yeah is Vlad Mesikov and he is becoming and if some of our our pals are in this chat I say this with the utmost I I I love you, Matthew Perot. I love you, Matthew Perot. But he is my new Matthew Perot. He is my new Matthew Perot, my emotional support player who you just plug in on any line and you watch him and he's just so sneaky good. Sneaky good is the way I describe Vlad Nemesikov because he's just, he can be a little speedy sometimes. He's so good with his stick when he's at the top of the five-man defensive star down there, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he moves the puck really well. He's good on the boards. Like He's just good at everything. And I like the the comparison you made with Alex Iafalo where he's just like, you know, just kind of like a, a better version of him. Like, what is it? The meat and potatoes guy. We have a lot of those meat and potatoes guys. But honestly, for a Winnipeg Jets team, that's just been full of guys who are terrific at one thing and horrific at others. It's kind of nice to have a bunch of dudes on this team now who are just good at everything. It, it's kind of refreshing and it's a really nice way to sort of complement some of the styles we have with some of our players. Nikolai Ehlers, great example of that. Unbelievably good at some things, but not great at others so having <laughs> that kind of you know neutralized by Vlad Nemesikov I I like this line a lot and don't get me wrong when Gabe Velarde's healthy Vlad Nemesikov is the first person I bump out of the top six down back into the bottom six there but for the time being oh my god like he is the sneaky good reason why that line is starting to to prop up a little bit yeah and it, I found it Interesting. Again, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you spoke at all about this, but the fact that, you know, Perfetti had been moved off of center. Um, I think that it's as much as I love to have uh, Cole Perfetti at center. I think that right now at this moment, it's not a bad idea. You know, the Jets have been kind of eh to start the season. They've had their good points. They've had their bad points. Um, and I think right now they just kind of need to get some games under their belt. Uh Throughout the season, it seems like Cole Perfetti is getting more and more situated 
in general with with just you know i think everyone kind of takes a, a couple games to get really into the swing of things um obviously he was benched uh near the end of the game um which you 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 <laughs> you were saying to me before here you didn't have an issue with and and to that, I would say I I I believe by by any of the metrics that the the hashtag uh, numbers, um, Colbert Fetty is one of the better defensive players uh, on this Jets team. But still, you 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 think that it wasn't that bad of an idea? Did you want to maybe speak on that? Uh, sure. Defend yourself, sure. Colbert Fetty yeah, hater. Here, here's my take. Colbert Fetty hater. Colbert Fetty hater. Yeah, make that into a T-shirt. Oh my goodness, no, absolutely not. Um, I love Cooper Freddy, and I fully agree with you that the whole center <laughs> piece, I'm not too worried. The reason I didn't like the move is because it felt like the Jets were panicking when they didn't need to panic, but, but just the actual fit of him on the wing, I don't care. Like, throw him there. Who who cares? Whatever. Um, but yeah, he got moved off of that line at the end when the Jets were defending that lead, and Morgan Barron replaced him, and I don't dislike that move at all. And you're right. Um, when looking at particularly like expected goals differential, like, Cooper Freddy is not a bad defender. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that, but uh, I think Vlad Nemestikov, I was saying before, I really like the way he he does the top of the defensive area there. I like the way that he pressures defenders um, when they have possession. Um, and I, when you're defending a six on five, personally, I like having two fling the body, penalty killing good forwards, and then your third forward being a guy who can jump on pucks. That's why I don't I don't hate Kyle Connor on the six on five. I, I prefer Ehlers, but I like having a guy who's got a little bit of speed who can do the dry side. I'll jump on the puck and just shoot down the ice and, and bury those pucks. Cause at the end of the day, any player who's killing penalties can shoot a puck into a net. That's not what it's about. It's who can jump on the loose ones as soon as they're there and, and actually capitalize. So my preference is putting out two penalty killing type forwards and one jump on the puck forward. So in this situation, Nikolai Ehlers was the jump on the puck forward and Morgan Barron and Vlad Nemesikov uh, are the two to me penalty killing forwards who are really aggressive up at the top, but also I think have pretty good reads of when the puck is moving a little bit lower down the ice as well. So I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, and I I think that that's a good a good thing to point out too is 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 looking at who was put onto that line in place of Cole Perfetti is Morgan Barron, who is a guy who is like a hound on the puck and like the you know as much as I love Cole Perfetti, um in you know, he, he he is a bit of a lighter player. And so what I think, despite the fact that I think that he's still pretty good in boards battles, I think he's able to fish the puck out decently well. Um, I don't think that that's what the Jets are looking for when they're holding a lead, right? So maybe, uh, so, uh, so you know, to give you to give you uh, you know your credit for for pointing that out, uh, having Morgan Barron on that line definitely uh, you know provides them a bit more um, uh, grit and 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 um, you know ability to battle on the boards, and hey, you're not even necessarily trying to get the puck on the boards. You're ne- you're you might just be trying to waste the time, right? Whereas yeah. I would I would much prefer having a guy like Baron who we definitely know has a great motor too, and you know holding the puck against the boards can be pretty tiring, uh, <laughs> despite what you may think. Um, and so Cooper Freddy's not going to hold the puck; he's going to get it for you. He's going to get it for you in like three seconds. So exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk about in regards to the forwards, and you kind of mentioned it, uh, is and, and and I, you know, I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm just pointing it out. One of the things that we've we've been we've been really um, one of the things that we've been um, 
propping up that we were saying that's good about the Jets is their depth this year. And it look it's nice that the Jets are able to lean on their their fourth line a lot more. I've really, really liked uh, David Gustafson. I think his first game was kind of man, eh, but ever since then, he's been great. He had a goal last game. Oh, yeah. It was great seeing that in person uh, at the CLC, um, even though they didn't play his goal song. I was really upset because he has one of my favorite ones, uh, which is Levels by Avicii. But uh, anyways, that's not the point. <laughs> um you know, the, the fourth line tonight, like David Gustafson had had almost, uh, you know, had 11 and a half minutes of ice time. Um, the thing that's good about depth is that you can rely on more than just your top guys. What I want to ask you is, despite the success that we're seeing, is it worth it to take time away from the you know a guy like Nikolai Ehlers who we both we both agree was was you know had a good game tonight um and obviously you know I, there's no way that the Lowry line is going to get any time taken away from them just because they're naturally the shutdown line um what do you think about all that I don't really have a good question I just want to yeah, bring it no, up no 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 I think what's hard is in a game like this where it wasn't an overly like violent or aggressive game but there was a lot of isolated penalties. I would say, what, at the end of that game, maybe we could say 14 minutes were played because there there were no power play goals on either side, correct? So we played out the full penalty and there were never matches, never fights. So I want to say a good almost third of that game, actually a good third of that game, I could probably almost say because of the pulling the goalie at the end, was not played at five on five. So that's why I always get a little bit unsure of line deployment and then um you know when you finish a power play who comes out well not Nikolai Ehlers because he was just on units one for and two probably like you know because who knows what they're doing right now like so I'm always a little bit unsure but you're right that it seems like the line that never gets anything taken away from them is the Lowry line and I know it's because the Winnipeg Jets feel very loyal to them and they feel like they're very reliable and all those kinds of things and i get it like i do but i don't know it's just the type of line that even though they scored tonight and the goal was hilarious um (laughs) it was you know it was hilarious goal great time great everything um they're not a line that's gonna score for you every time they go out on the ice like we know that so i choosing to put them out when you're you know when it's a 2-1 game and you really need to put a goal and and cycling them more than you're cycling a line with Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers on it is just, it's a choice. I don't know. Like it it always, every time I see that line go out there, it always makes me feel like the Jets are playing to not lose as opposed to win. And there is a time to play to not lose, but not tonight. Tonight was a night to sort of shove it down their throat once they jumped up to the two nothing like they did. And tonight's a night that you play the Ehlers line more than you play the Lowry line. So I don't know. I just, I find it very interesting. Yeah. I'm for me, like, like if you're, if you were wondering for the five on five, uh, like time on ice, the, I follow Shifley Connor line had 14 minutes, 41 seconds. Uh, Lowry Niederreiter Appleton was 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Baron Kupari Gustafson, uh, seven minutes and 37 seconds. 
and Ehlers, Perfetti, Nemesnikov at seven minutes and 15 seconds. So the least of uh, of all four of them, I mean, only by, you know, 22 seconds. Yeah, um, but that's not supposed to be the discrepancy between line two and four. No, I know. And so, the thing that w- I, I found the most interesting about it tonight was like the, the, the Red Wings are a fast, fast team. And I understand that, um, as you pointed out, the matchups are, are, are you know, the the Red Wings have have the matchup, um, the advantage where they can match their lines to yours. So in my mind, like, I feel like that means you should just run out your best lines over and over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily saying that the Lowry line needs to be the line that that is, you know, has time on ice taken away from them. I just find it's interesting that it's always happens to be the Perfetti Nemestikov Ehlers line. But anyways, that's neither here nor there, unless you did have anything to comment. I'm glad you brought up that goal, though, because (laughs) (laughs) Uh, first off, like absolutely beautiful goal, beautiful goal until you until you take a microscope and look into it a little bit further. Um, Like just an incredibly great, like a a fantastic tic-tac-toe passing play from uh, it starts actually with Lowry to, to Nino around the blue line. He stops up, makes a nice little move, passes it over to Lowry. And somehow Lowry corrals it and gets it over to Mason Appleton, who shoots it and had James Reimer not been there, uh, would have missed the net. I mean, he might have been able to corral it again with his backhand and put it in. But uh, luckily, it does go go in off of uh, off of Reimer's skate. Um, yeah, that was a that was a holy overcommitment, Batman. Like that was uh, James <laughs> Reimer really helped us out on that one. So shout out to my boy, Ally, Ally for sure. <laughs> Manitoba boy. <laughs> um yeah i don't know geez uh i mean yeah kind of like that was kind of the the end of what i wanted to say on all that and just the last thing i will say is on that depth and the line and the deployment and all that one thing that drove me up the wall last year the year before when you know the fourth line was what jansen harkins how far back does it go to nick shore you know like that when that was the line we were working Exactly. I saw I saw someone that the other day thing. with uh, with a breast cancer menaline and jersey at the game the other day, and I'm like, that's nice, but it's also it's, it's just yeah, that person definitely was a strategic thinker on the bid. Was like, what's a jersey that no one would want? And I and I respect them for it. Um, Sorry, but it used to drive me crazy when the Jets would score a goal, and it was like, yes, momentum. And then you would throw Saku menaline on the ice for 45 seconds, and it was like. What did that do? Um, so the fact that now the energy that comes from that fourth line is actually some real offensive pressure that actually like does scare the opponent opposing team. And like they actually do have the fear that maybe this team will score on us because that was never a fear when Sacramento was on the ice um, is quite refreshing because I understand that, you know, energy line when you want to keep up the energy. But like, you know, if you want to Dennis bang, 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 you have to throw Kyle Connor out on the ice after Nikolai Euler scores and vice versa. You know, like you kind of got to do that. So the fact that now when they throw the fourth line out after a goal, I don't get like physically violent yeah. is quite nice. You know? Yeah, no, I I, I think that that's a, a really good thing to point out is the fact that like, you know, we are I, I am complaining here. But at the end of the day, like I really like our fourth line. So like, yeah, 100 percent. It's 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 one of those things where I'm more trying to just acknowledge that obviously that ice time has to come from somewhere Um, and I'm not necessarily criticizing 
the fact that it's always Ehlers and or it's it's not enough of you know Shifley's line or it's not enough of Lowry's line. Um, it's just more more noticing and and seeing how the Jets are different this year. Um, they have a a wealth of talent, which is again this is a good problem to have. Um, yeah. And and even going back to the you know when Velarde comes back, I was saying I was saying the other day I was sitting uh, next to Hustler at the game, and I was just saying like oh man like it sucks that when Velarde comes back like Gus is gonna have to be put back in the press box and he's like no. he's like yes yeah, so what and I'm like no I I'm like I know I get it I understand that th- like this is a good problem to have but it's just it just sucks for you know for David Gustafson or whoever it is if uh, and if also it- my mental health bro like come on like you get attached <laughs> to these guys and like when a player is good it sucks to see them leave the lineup like even though it is the best course of action forward like He's a player we've all wanted to be in this lineup so bad. But even if it wasn't him, even if it was, well, Kapari, obviously not, but like, I don't know, like Morgan Barron or Vlad Nemesikov getting pulled off. Mm-hmm. Like you, you'd be like, that sucks too, because you like those guys. Absolutely. And they are good at hockey. That's always the part you have to add. You know, I like a lot of players, but they're also good at hockey. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, did you, you want to jump to chat questions? Um, I think we'll we're we probably and I will say um, this show so far, we've done a good job about talking specifically about the game. That was the one thing when I was doing my little monologue show on Tuesday. I was like, it's so hard to talk about game specifics with yourself. Like sometimes yeah. you just want to talk big picture with this team, you know, but um, let's jump into these chat questions. So we have some people in the chat for those of you who are here watching live. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we appreciate you coming and joining us live after the show. We know there are lots of different things going on. I'm sure both Brady and I will be hopping over to watch Kenny and Rennie after this. A couple other people do live streams, live tweets, post game pressers and all those kinds of things. So we appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. Um, so so thanks for being here. But um, if you are in the chat and have some questions, um, would love to hear from you. But before we do that, um, you know, throw them away and, and we'll we'll bring them up afterwards. We'll we'll look into them. Brady, I I just have a quick question for you. So I was watching the broadcast <laughs> two intermissions. Uh, two, I was going to I was wondering if you wanted to go here. <laughs> two clips of the trigger interview. I was like, man. They are really encouraging us to to watch this Chipper Drager interview. Um, you had some thoughts on attendance, and I feel like Jets fans all seem to want to talk about attendance. It just seems like a billion people like talking over each other. Everyone has thoughts on it, but I actually I want to hear yours. I do want to hear yours. All right, I I have some hot takes when it comes to the attendance. First off, just going to talking about the interview. Um, I think I can't remember who it was. Someone on Twitter pointed it out uh, that. This inter this interview was was well done. Like this was uh, Chipper said a lot of good things in regards to maybe what the Jets or Jets fans wanted to hear. It felt a little bit more transparent. I'm not gonna say it's fully transparent, but a little more transparent than um you know maybe that we got in in the springtime when when we were getting some some passive aggressive messaging uh and maybe some some dishonesty in regards to how the team was playing um and. Someone on Twitter pointed out that this was a really good interview, but it would have meant a lot more to Jets fans if it came out in the spring when those those, uh, you know, those emails were being sent out to season ticket holders. Um, My personal thoughts on on the whole attendance thing. um, 
first off, I, I, you know, I see the comparisons that people are making to the bombers. I think that the the only thing that you can really compare between the bombers and the jets uh, is the fact that the bombers are a good team and they win games, and naturally that's more fun. Um, but also, uh, I, I just feel like those two things aren't very comparable in the sense of. You know, the Bombers play, what is it, like nine? Nine. Ga- nine, nine games. Is it not a nine games total or nine games at home? Nine games. Nine games at home. Nine games okay. at home. So nine games in at home. In the regular season. When the regular- it's sunny out and on the weekend. Yes, exactly. And uh, where, you know, tickets aren't incredibly expensive, um, people will go. And even if you're not a football fan, you might just go to hang out at the Rum Hut and drink and have fun and see people and party. Uh, the Bombers games are much more of a party of a social event whereas jet schemes just naturally being in a smaller cramped stadium uh i just don't think that they're very comparable in the sense of i don't think the jets really could do a lot in order to fix um in order to fix some of those problems Uh, i also think that again having 41 games at home uh is 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 not comparable to having nine games at home there's a lot less um you know when the games are happening, when there's sometimes back to backs, like there's a lot less um, drive to have to to have people go out and spend their hard earned money um, on on this product, uh, and especially when again the economy isn't doing that great right now. Obviously, after COVID, kind of killed everything. I'm sure a lot of people work from home now. I personally work from home. I don't want to leave the house as much as I used to. I've 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 you know grown accustomed to uh, living at home. Obviously, I do uh, what I gotta do, but uh, you know I've been to two of the Jets games, and and even I'll say this: I think that the Jets in game experience for fans is not that bad it could be better absolutely but in comparison to some of the other teams like it's not worse i would say it's as good i would even say like their little mid mid game gags are funnier like i love the hoser cam the the celebrity celebrity look like perfect like they 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 do they do great with that stuff while i do think there are things that could be improved you know students section would be awesome need that like that we we like I just think that if if you're going to have 41 games at home, you need to to incentivize people to go and students are going to want to go when it costs, you know, what is it like 80 bucks for a ticket, 40 bucks, 60 bucks for a ticket if you want to go on like a Tuesday night. But if you want to go on like a Saturday night, it's going to be 80, maybe 100 bucks. Beers are, you know, uh, 10 bu- or 11 bucks, 12 bucks. I don't even know what they are. I can't remember, um, but too expensive. So my main take on that, <clears throat> excuse me is things will get better with uh with time once the economy gets a little bit better i would hope uh hopefully the jets also realize that putting a good product on the ice is important um because i think that that's also very key to getting people to come to your games but um also just you know lower some prices and people will come i'm sure i'm sure that's that is honestly the the biggest case personally but yeah no and i agree and i think the thing that that's really important to me is understanding that um you know you look at the detroit ring tonight this team is on like a hot streak and detroit is a hockey city like empty seats galore saddle dome tonight i saw some pictures that like mike gould tweeted it looked like it was a a midget hockey game being played like it's happening everywhere and i'm not trying to make excuses but my issue is this attendance feels like a straw man argument against the organization that i personally i love beefing the powers that be when it comes to sports when it comes to everything like i think you need to hold your ownership groups accountable as often as you can but if you try and hold them accountable for things that aren't really 
their issue or aren't the main problem. It makes people think that you're just trying to be a hater when there are actually real reasons to criticize and question what an organization is doing. So being like, oh, there are only 11,000 people at this game instead of 15,000 on a Tuesday night against the St. Louis Blues. Like, you know, I there would also be 10,000 people at a Calgary Flames game against the St. Louis Blues on a Tuesday. Like, I, I think... All the points that you brought up are super important, and I, 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 I'll push you more on the in-game experience. My argument is that I think once you've gone to one Jets game this year, you've gone to every Jets game. There's not a lot of difference between yeah, the two of them. Like that's fair. Um, people, you know, like the the women's game last year, they trotted out a bunch of women to drop the puck, and then after that, if you didn't show up for that part, you would have had no idea that it's a women's game. You know, like there's nothing in the game that makes me feel like it's something special when it's supposed to be a special night. So little things like that, like I want to tweak and stuff like that, but I do think it's really important to, to make sure that, you know, you're not just being a hater for the sake of being a hater. If you want to have a real productive conversation about attendance. Um, But I think at the end of the day, the question is the dollar amount. It's the dollar amount to get in the door. It's the dollar amount. If you want to compete with other entertainment sources, you can't be three times the price as what it costs to go to another entertainment source. That's the flat out bottom line. End of the day. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, there's no there's no party section. There's no rum hut uh, for people to go to and just like casually hang out like that's that's if I can go to a game and not be told by the mom sitting beside me to stop. Have you have you have you been since at all this year yet? Uh, No. So they redid the where like the Bud Light Lounge was. Yeah. So now it's it's, a preseason game. I saw it, but I don't really know. Did you? So now that that is the craft corner, which, by the way, fantastic. That's awesome. I love the fact that there is, you know, craft beers there, local beers. It's great to be able to go there and not just get like Budweiser and uh, and Bud Light. Um, So like that is really nice. But my biggest criticism of it is that it's on it's on the one section where there's the now it's the Ticketmaster Lounge. Um, But the Ticketmaster Lounge, like I I just don't like the fact that it's it's in that spot there, uh, the, the craft beer corner. And it's blocked off completely by a big, huge wall. It's not even like a glass wall or something where you can see in and, you know, see people doing their thing there because they have a bar inside of the Ticketmaster Lounge as well, too. But there's a gigantic big wall and you're not able to actually like go to that area and casually mingle and casually watch the game. Like that's again, I think that that's one of the big strengths that the bombers do is that that you, you don't have to go there to specifically watch the game. You, you can go there and socialize and hang out. I know plenty of people who are not interested in football whatsoever, who go to like a, a good chunk of the bomber games, just because it's a fun atmosphere to be in. You can, Go to the rum hut, get a drink, socialize with people while also casually watching the game. The, that is my big frustration with it. Um, if anyone has been there yet, it is, uh, you know, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. If not, you'll see it eventually. But uh, it also has really weird vibes. Like it reminds me of like a um, like you're like an airport terminal with like a bunch oh. of it. You, well, maybe that was the vibe. Go Jets, go. Go Jets. Go. Hey, 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 there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, 100%. I think, I don't know, like, to me, the way of the future, and some people are gonna gonna hate this, um, is to make sure you cater to the casual fan, too. If all you do is try and cater to people who are diehard forever Jets fans who will show up no matter what, pay the same amount no matter what, like, you're gonna lose. Like, the reason that Vegas has become this whole enigma thing is because they make it a fun experience. And people show up to those games who don't really know what hockey is or care what hockey is. And you can 
try and convert people into falling in love with the on ice product but you got to get them in the door and you can do that if there's a social experience so we'll probably wrap it up here but i do think it is a conversation that we will continue to have and it's important to look at it from like a solutions oriented angle instead of being like everything sucks no one wants to go to jets games like there are ways to kind of grow and develop from there and i think it's really important to, to sort of diagnose properly and and understand where the issues lie and how to directly fix them instead of just implementing you know blanket solutions and hoping that they fix the problem so it'll be interesting to see if attendance picks up as the team hopefully gets better as well if there's any correlation between the two um or if there's going to be a higher correlation which i think there will be um between ticket prices going down attendance going up absolutely uh do you have time for one question i have one question for you Liz. Th- I always have it, time for one question. It, it, it's it's just a general one, just because we haven't had to speak. We haven't gotten the chance to speak. Do you think that this team that we have right now has the chance to, to... Do you think that there are pieces here that the Jets can build upon? Do you think the Jets have a chance to potentially go make a deep run this year with this team? Because winning, we, we discussed as that is one of the key por- parts of... Um, uh, of of getting fans in the door uh i, I want to know what your opinion is because i actually don't even think i've asked you this off of the, the podcast how do you feel about this team and then we'll wrap it up on that sorry it might be a big question to ask right at the end yeah. but I, but i feel but I, I just i wanted to get this out there because uh i don't know i just want to hear what you think well, in that question, you asked like four questions and I was immediately about to say yes. And then I was like, no. And then I was like, yes. And then I was like, no. So do I think there are pieces? Yes. Very yes. Do I think this team as it stands right now can make a deep run? I'm leaning more towards no, because I don't believe in this team's ability to not make egregious mistakes because egregious mistakes, like you said before, are they're going to be what affects this team like across the board meh play with a couple of goals will get this team pretty far because of who their goaltender is um but there's only so much not even god can stop some things that occur because of egregious mistakes so with this decor that i feel like is prone to making those big mistakes i worry about that too much because one big mistake that leads to one big goal can erase however many minutes of good play so I think they need to make a couple tweaks on the back end, but I think they have the right pieces in the forward group to make something work. I think one or two little ads would make it a lot better, but you can always say that. And at the end of the day, you can always find the weakest link in your 12 forwards and try and make that one better until you have a team of 12 Connor McDavid. So I'd say just to be competitive, one more forward, but then something has to change on that decor. So I I don't know, um, but I'm ready to sit back and find out, you know? And that's the thing. And that's the the beauty of sports is we can talk and talk and talk if we think the the team has what it takes to win. But uh, it only, you know, that's why the games are played. That's why they play the games. And uh, and yeah, we're we're only what, six games into the year? Seven? I don't even know. Six? Six games, I want to say. Something like, Something like six that. Six or seven. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think seven. seven. I, think, I, think I think seven. I think it's seven. I think it's seven. Uh, anyways, plenty more games to come. Plenty more, plenty more coverage from the both of us. Uh, thank you for answering that question right at the end, even though you were trying to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> but that will be enough for us here tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Obviously, please do follow Liz uh, at Liz Hood. Follow myself at NHL Chunky. 
follow at STPN Sports. Uh, subscribe, like the stream. If you're still here, please like the stream. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, and have yourselves a, a wonderful, wonderful evening. Uh, I'll be back uh, with a co-stream on the weekend here with Ooh. Mark from uh, Game Over Montreal. That's going to be a fun one. On Saturday. I uh, I cannot wait. It should be a lot of fun. But I hope to see uh, all of your lovely faces here, uh, even though I don't see you guys. But I hope to see you guys in the chat. Uh, I thank- see you. I, I, I see you. <laughs> I see you. There we are. Uh, all righty, guys. Thank you again so, so much for tuning in. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. I'll see you guys Saturday.